Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's good? Welcome in. Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. We're Grant and Danny. This is The Fan. We are taking you all the way up to 630. Batteries recharged post-holiday a brand new year, same old show. We are back. G&D with you live on The Fan. What's up, Daniel? Not much, my friend. A little pep in the step today. A little energy, a little juice. Yes, it's a new year. Happy birthday, new year. But number two, and most importantly, that vacation, whatever you call it, that time away for the kids, it's over. I marched our little behinds to school today and dropped them off, and I skipped home. I was floating on cloud nine. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I was that guy. So thrilled, so happy. The release, I'm Andy Dufresne after crawling through 500 yards of foul smelling. I can't even. I did it. We got through it. You were Joseph Gordon-Levitt with the movie 500 Days of Summer, mm-hmm. all in Oats playing. You're just walking down the street. Just shucking and jiving. Just montaging everywhere. Loving it was great. Hey, how you doing, sir? Good to see you. Like, I don't know you. Doesn't matter. Great Hugging day. strangers. Great day. Yeah. Back to the grind we go. I'm not a big fan of the three-day weekend, to be honest. Okay. I always feel like prepping for that Tuesday show is a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot of stuff that happened. We don't have enough time really to get to everything, even though we got the longest show of anybody in Washington, D.C., four and a half hours. And on top of that, I, I don't always do the best bookkeeping, so I always, it feels like it's been a month. I'm like, what happened again? Where were Wait, we? That was Saturday, so which we haven't game? talked about that. And then Sunday, which feels like a month ago, the 49ers came in and did whatever they wanted yeah. with the Washington Commanders. They had fun, didn't they? Can we dance with your dates? <laughs> sure. <laughs> they had a nice time. Do whatever you'd like to do with our dates. Good business. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Good visit for the 49ers. Explore the space. Uh, There is a lot to get into today. We will be giving away tickets. We've got the hottest tickets in town. I'm not even being funny. I'm not even being facetious. Wizards Pistons. Are you kidding me? Someone has to win. Like, that is an incredibly entertaining matchup. Seriously. I'm not joking when I tell you I might go to that game because it's hilarious. Like, that's a game where two teams can't win and Pretty much don't want to win, but someone's going to. We've got tickets to that game. We're going to give them away today at 4 o'clock and all week long at the Beltway Blitz right here on Grant and Danny. And Jay Gruden, the former head coach here in D.C. of the Redskins, will stop by for his normal Monday appointment on a Tuesday. Clearly. That is coming up at 5 o'clock in three hours. Speaking of Tuesday staples, it's a Survivor Tuesday. Quick reminder for you, Terry McLaurin is immune into the week. So that's the final immunity. There's no immunity today. 
You're only kicking somebody off the island, and it's Deron Payne or Cameron Curl. We will have a stare down going into the final game of the season between Terry McLaurin representing the offense and either Payne or Curl representing the defense. Someone goes home, someone advances, and then based on the final game of the season, McLaurin or Payne or Curl will be crowned the 2023 season's Commander's Survivor. So go vote, facebook.com slash Grant and Danny. That's facebook.com slash Grant and Danny. Deron Payne or Cam Curl boot someone off the island and the final two stare down mano a mano week 18 will be set for commander survivor such a crazy year for survivor because we've complained all year long to a degree I, again I, I like to run pain a lot i'm a he's a really good player but he's not had a great season and here he is staring at you know easily could be in the finals against terry mccord but he almost never does anything noticeably bad right he plays in the trenches at d tackle it's not like you know, if they get gashed in the running game, he's constantly the reason why, right? I mean, so it's hard to, even if it's a bad play, it's mm-hmm. not going to be something that you're jotting down in your notebook. No, that's a good point. Totally. But last year, he was so impactful and so good. Could have easily won this thing, right? I mean, it had his career year, breakout year, uh, you know, it happened to be during a contract slash walk year. This year has been, I think, by and large, disappointing by that standard. But again, really solid player. I'd like to have more Duran Pains. But it's just fascinating how we got here, especially because... They've just fell fallen down the mountain, dude. Remember, they started two and zero. I keep saying that to myself. They are two and eleven since their two and zero start. What, I mean, just a shocking and precipitated fall. Quick update, just because you guys may have forgotten the game of the uh, stat lines and performances. Cam Curl made nine tackles, but nothing particularly impactful in terms of in the backfield or takeaways or anything. Deron Payne had just one tackle, but it was a tackle for loss, blew a play up. In the backfield, he actually made two really impressive plays, I thought. One where he kind of forced the end of a drive and the other on a TFL on a run in the backfield. So even though the stat line for him wasn't nearly as good as Curl, who cleaned a lot of things up in the secondary, getting guys to the ground, I think he's got a chance still. So go vote Facebook.com slash Grant and Danny. The guy that does not get sent home today will move on to take on Terry McLaurin. Well, Terry. In Commander's Survivor in the finals this weekend as Washington gets ready for Dallas at FedEx Field. Kind of eerily similar to last year, by the way. Oh, yeah. Lost season for Washington. Dallas, all of a sudden, because of the Cardinals upsetting the Eagles. And by the way, I'm just so glad Philly's collapsing and, and seeing the turmoil within the fan base there. I'm the having anger. a good time. Yeah, But they've been overrated all year. They luck box their way to a bunch of wins. Hertz has been unimpressive. I just They don't pass the eye or the smell test to me. We've seen them barely beat Washington. A couple times, if Rivera had the stones to go for two, they probably beat him in Philly. Instead, they go to overtime for some inexplicable reason, and they lose in overtime. But they lost to the Cardinals, so the NFC East, at least going into the the game, is going to be up for grabs. So I guess you know we'll see what happens with Dallas. But it's very eerily similar where they might start their guys for a couple quarters and then take them out. Just feels like we're running last year back. And I was going to say last year's game against Dallas to end the season. Got us this year. That empty calories win that everyone celebrated and patted themselves on the back for was Ron Rivera's cover. It was all he needed to do his move where don't look over here at this raging fire of garbage and tires and oil spills and this giant chemical plant that I've ignited that I built myself. We got Sam Howell. Get excited about Sam Howell. And that was the story of 2023 was the Sam Howell train. Everyone get on board. Young quarterback, you guys. It's just so funny. 
how hard it is for people sometimes to learn a lesson <laughs> because a lot of the same geese uh, yeah. are singing the same tune this time around. Yeah. Because you know, the people that said Hal's the guy or still think Hal's the guy, at one point they thought Heineke was the guy who got benched by the Falcons and a guy to have a game this week. Who I don't know if you saw his stat line. He was her. Was it good? Oh, it was no, so bad. Ben. But, of course, he stunk and, and he got benched. But, you know, if, if Jacoby Brissett plays well in a win over the Cowboys, it'll be – they should just let Jacoby be the guy next year. We found something here. Look mm-hmm. how well he's played. It's like how many times can you be burned by the same pot? Infinity. Before you just walk away and say, I'm not going to touch that thing anymore. But here we are. Uh, how much college ball did you watch yesterday? I got that first game, which was spectacular. It takes too long. College football takes forever. Oh, my God, it's so long. The half times are nine years. Uh, but that Alabama-Michigan game I got a lot of. And that Washington-Texas um, game, which started at midnight approximately. Way too late, wrong, don't do that, broken system. So, yeah, let's talk about the time of the game first. The second game, which was better than the first in terms of action and offense and points, such a really competitive football game. It took three hours and 53 minutes. Mm-hmm. Basically a four-hour game, yep. and it started at not, a little after 90s. It's like 90s Yankees-Red Sox type stuff. No, thank you. It ended at almost 1 in the morning. Mm-hmm. We got to find a different way forward. In fact, yesterday when we woke up, I didn't know what time the games were. I just hadn't looked it up. I knew both of them were on New Year's Day, but I figured I'll be around and turn on the TV when right. they start. Yeah. So my wife asked me, when are the games? And I said, I'm guessing, you know, three and seven. And then I look it up, and it was like five and change, and, and 8.45 was the listed start time. They push it back because the other game went to overtime. That is a bad plan to begin with. Mm-hmm. I get that they want those games into the night for TV ratings, but you're right. I mean, I often don't agree with you on the, the late night sports thing. But for a you know one of one sixty two Nats at Angels or whatever, fine. We're talking about the the national semifinal. People should not have to ruin their week and their sleep schedule to stay up to watch it. Which is not even to mention anyone young on the East Coast. There is absolutely zero percent chance they could stay up and watch that game. Well, even beyond that, the like I, I understand you want to stagger them. You want it in prime time. But you're delaying the start so that, like, a, an executive from Progressive or whatever the, the company was can get up there and wax poetic and hand the trophy to somebody. Like, start the second game. Start it. But they got to wait for them to do the song and dance and complete their program. And uh, Reese Davis or whoever it is is up there pr- producing this. And thank you to that. And let's throw to the commercial break brought to you by Progressive from the Progressive stage at Progressive Field. Whatever the hell it was. Like, if you're going to start the games at 4 and 7 or 4 and seven thirty, four and 8, Fine, but you didn't. It didn't start till after 9, I, I think. And just ridiculous. So to me, the, here's the problem. Number one, I don't know why halftime is as long as it is. In general, in college football, and Pete Methurst could tell me the exact time because he does all these radio calls. I mean, if he's listening, text me. The NFL is like 12 minutes. Like, Yeah, the Super Bowl is different, right? But, but just playoffs, regular season, whatever. Start a clock from when the, the half ends to the next half starts. It's a reasonable amount of time. You can go to the bathroom, you can get a snack, you sit back down, and the game is starting, mm-hmm. right? College football is twice as long. Yep. And these bowl games especially are preposterous. These playoff games, it's asinine. But, like, if you're just – I'm talking about a regular season college game. Mm-hmm. I would say, if I had to guess, it's like seven, eight minutes longer than in NFL halftime. Mm-hmm. But these bowl games, it's crazy. It's absurd. So, the college football did something ingenious, if you want to call it that, give them credit for it, or annoying if you don't. So remember, it used to be every first down, the clock stopped, right? Remember that? And that we're like, oh, my God, these games take so long. Well, now they keep it running. 
but they supplement it with more commercial breaks. So it still takes the same amount of time. The commercials. But they're And the breaks, it by in. the way. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to have a ton of breaks in terms of quantity of mm-hmm. them. They're so long. I mean, some of them are three and a half minutes. Uh-huh. You know, it just, the games take forever. Yep. And if we're going to sit here and talk about baseball needing to, to hurry up, like, something has to be done about that. Specifically, as we expand the playoff field, and there's going to be more of these games that we're all glued to next year, they just got to find a way to be more efficient. More of these 30-second in-game commercials that we see now. or Yeah, something ha- However they want to go, they got to figure that out. But let, let's just talk about the actual games themselves. I actually thought Michigan was considerably better than Alabama in that game last night that went to overtime. The Wolverines end up winning 27-20. Blake Corum, who's a Virginia kid, by the way, had he not have gone to Baltimore to go to like a prep school to get looks to go to college, he would have played at Marshall High School uh, in Virginia, out by like West Virginia. Uh, he, he is semi-local, like 45, 50-minute drive mm-hmm. from here, and just a great story, really, really good dude. He scores the game-winning touchdown. But I thought the story to me was, as bad as Michigan special teams were, they, their kicker, their punter, their return guys, they all tried to lose the game a couple different ways. Alabama's teams was way, way better. On offense and on defense, advantage Wolverines. They dominated the line of scrimmage in the first half. They, they were not particularly good in the third quarter. But I, I just thought they were the better team. They probably deserved to win the game. And J.J. McCarthy at the end made a few plays and was able to, even though I didn't think he was particularly good for the majority of the day. No, I it's it's very pedestrian stuff from from him. And I think that's kind of what he's asked to do and what he should be doing, frankly, because as good as Michigan is, as physical as they are up front, that game to me, it, it six sacks, it felt like more than that, honestly. Well, it's five in the first half. Yeah. So that made it feel like a lot more than uh, six. But there are other times I think they probably didn't give credit for sacks when maybe it was a design run from Milrow or something like that, but 10 tackles for loss. So 16 times Michigan's defensive line said, nope, this is going negative. This is going backwards. That, to me, says it validates kind of what you're talking about. They were the better team, I thought. Good for Alabama for finding their way to come back with a couple, uh, taking advantage of some opportunities here and there. And uh, that one touchdown drive with, uh, I think it was like a third and 14 or something like that, that Milrow darted through the line and, and made like seven or eight different cuts and you know found a way to get a first down, for, ultimately led to a touchdown. Really, really impressive, but I thought Michigan was the better team. Milrow ran for 63, threw for only 116 yards. In the game, but I thought Michigan's defense was fantastic. Agreed. And Alabama's was pretty good too. But as you pointed out with the TFLs and the sacks, I mean the Wolverines' defense was just great. Uh, they were the best team in the country, kind of circuit to circuit this year, fourteen and zero with quality wins along the way. And now they move on to the championship to take on the other of the power conference teams that didn't lose, fourteen and zero Washington. Again, the Huskies were underdogs. Again, Michael Penix and Washington pulls off, and I'm using air quotes here. An upset mm-hmm. win because the number two team in the country beat the number three team in the land. They were several point dogs uh, against Oregon, almost double digit point dogs in the conference title game. They have won, I think it's now nine or 10 straight games by single digit points. But this is what they do they play these close games. At times, it looks like they're going to lose in the second half. Michael Penix, unflappable, just an undaunted personality, makes really good decisions. I thought he was incredible. Their lefty quarterback, who is 24 years old, will be 24 next season as a rookie, who's had two torn ACLs, so there's some kind of red flaggy things going into the draft with his injury history, his knee that teams will worry about. Uh, He's he's been in college since literally Patrick Mahomes threw his first pass in the NFL. 
several years back when Michael Penix was making his first start in college. Think about that. I think it's six years later. Wow. Uh, he's now on his second team, and he is the man. I mean, he's so accurate. He reminds me a lot of Tua. Like, it's it's pinpoint accuracy, putting the ball, dropping it into the bucket, big-time throws downfield all night, threw for 430 yards and two touchdowns. It's that craftiness, too, right? I mean, he's he's obviously athletic. I mean, the two ACLs, it's a concern, but... I've loved this guy all year long, and I, you know, I'm not taking credit. He's incredible. He's a Heisman Trophy yeah. leading front runner for three months. I, I, you know, I understand he's got two NFL wide receivers, right? Um, yeah, Roma Dunze is going to go in the top ten. He's awesome. Jalen Polk's going to go in the first round. That is basically an NFL wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, and a great scheme. Like he's he's totally. got a lot going for him, no doubt. So I understand the knocks. I know what they are. The age you already touched on the ACLs, et cetera. It, I feel like that's a dude. A, I'm pulling for. B, I've just I, I love some of the little things. Like they, it's half athletic, half crafty. There's a play where I forget which defensive lineman it was for Texas. An unbelievable rush beats two different guys. Swim move right down the middle. Penix gives him a little look to the left, sort of a little shimmy. Ducks inside him, steps right back up, reassembles his feet, and throws a dime down the middle of the field for a first down for a big chunk play. That's the kind of stuff I'm like, I covet. I, I, I love it so much. I want to hug it. I, if I could bottle it, I would drink it and become Superman. I love watching that dude play football. Texas almost won the game. So a lot of you guys were sleeping at this point. But the final score was 37-31. Washington led by 13 with a couple minutes left. Texas scores a touchdown and cuts to six. They try for an onside kick they don't get. And then with about a minute and 15 seconds left, Washington gets possession of the ball. And, and just the craziest set of circumstances I ever saw, led Texas to the doorstep on the precipice of one of the great collapses ever for Washington. But long story short, basically, Washington gets the ball, and rather than just taking three knees, because Texas has two timeouts left, they try to run the football to, mm -hmm. to elapse some time, and ideally to try to get a first down. So they slam it into the line of scrimmage a couple times in a row for maybe a combined four or five yards. Texas burns their timeouts. Well, on the third run where there's no timeout where you can run the clock all the way down to 18, 20 seconds or whatever, the tailback, who's one of the best running backs left in this playoff, Dylan Johnson, gets hurt. Serious injury to his ankle. He's writhing in pain and can't stand up. They've got to stop the clock. So the, the basically the 40 seconds they would have run the clock down, Texas is saved. Wow. Washington has to punt. Dylan Johnson, by the way, ends up getting carted off. He may not play in the title game. He ran... 21 times and scored two touchdowns. He's a huge part of Washington's offense. So that's also a big deal for Michigan moving forward. But as he's carted off now, Texas gets the football back. And on the punt, their long snapper inexplicably runs into the punt returner as he's trying to field the ball. So they get another 15 yards to get up to almost the 40-yard line. Then a couple big boy throws from Quinn Ewers, who I thought was actually very solid when balls weren't getting batted at the line of scrimmage. Danny, they got down inside the red zone with 20 seconds left. Unreal. They end up throwing, I think it was three straight incompletions at the end and on a fourth and goal. Beautiful play by a DB to swat what was like a fade route away. But Texas, I would say their chance of winning was, it looked like they were going to win when they had two shots at the end zone. Yeah, with small percentage, you'd say, right? Yeah, that's, and then it goes from, you got three shots, as you said, in the end zone, I think from the, from the Washington 12 yard line. That's where they eventually ended. Unreal. But like they were at the 16 or 18 with like two or three chances with 20 some seconds left. And that's range to score right there. But uh, Washington hangs on. So now the title of the game is set. Huskies, Wolverines. And you got to say, I think it's the two best teams in the country in terms of, you know, parking the car, right? Both of them won 14-0. and 0. 
every game they played this year. I love the contrast of styles. Washington, especially without Johnson, wants to spread you out, use their athletes, throw the football, put the game in Penix's hands. Mm -hmm. Michigan is so kind of old school with Harbaugh. They'd love to just grind you to, to sawdust and not throw the ball once if they they won a game. I think it was the Ohio State game. Now I can't remember. Maybe it was Penn State. They won a game in the second half where they, I think, didn't complete a pass or didn't throw a pass, remember, with uh, Harbaugh out. It was a conference game for sure, right, where they, they just ago. smash mouth. That, yeah. That's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Like, that's their whole bit. So, that's how they're built. I mean, th yeah. it, this is a throwback old-school Big Ten team. Totally. Right, like for Michigan, the contrast from like, of styles is gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope it becomes a, a shootout. I just don't know that Washington can can do that with some of those adults that, that Michigan has, especially on that defensive side of the ball. And they're going to get mauled around a little bit on offense. But yeah, you're right. These these are the teams that are probably most deserving. I'm rooting for Penix. I just think that uh, you know, there's guys on Michigan that I like, like mm -hmm. the Corum story that uh, you know I, I saw yesterday that uh, Marty Smith did for ESPN, where his parents would drive him from Marshall, Virginia, again, like 50 minutes from here out west, wherever that is, uh -huh. to Baltimore every day to go to school so that he could get his scholarship and try to play in the NFL. Like two hours each week. Love that. Can you imagine? <laughs> and now he's one of the great backs in the country, and he's going to get drafted, and it worked out. But, like, I, I see that story, and, and also the guy's giving away, like, 22,000 toys to kids while he's been in school and 800 turkeys or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, go win a title, man. I know. But but the Penix thing, I think he's kind of slept on and just what a year for him. Star. He's he's right now viewed like fifth or sixth among quarterbacks, depending on what rankings you're looking at in the draft. And it's it, to me, it's not a production thing. It's my, my knocks are the obvious ones. It's two ACLs and his age. Sorry. Like, you can't get around that. But, man, oh, man, I, he is so tempting with how skilled he is, how accurate he is, that the ability to kind of move around and how, how – you know, shifty and tricky he is uh, in the pocket. I, I'm a huge fan of his. I also am rooting against Jim Harbaugh. Like the he the, could be your the, head coach. Soon yeah, enough. the 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 cheating and like the big giant expressions and temper tantrums that he throws. Like I find that dude so annoying to look at and deal with. But obviously, everywhere he's been, he's won. He's a good head coach. I think it's going to be a great championship game. Now six days away, the Commanders are currently slotted to pick second. Everything is coming up Washington. I don't mean the Huskies, all of them too, mm -hmm. but the Commanders. Well, let's get into that next on G&D here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The four-man rush, Purdy. Nothing downfield. Smith-Williams was chasing. Purdy gets out of there, looking deep, back of the end zone, he's got Ayuk for the touchdown! The great Adam Amin on the call, he gives a good hug, just ask Darius. Welcome <laughs> back, G&D, you are listening to the fan. Hey, Bobby. Well, he, he just gave Darius a big old bear like hug. Like they were best friends from growing up, hadn't seen each other in a few years. We bumped into him at the Wizards game, I did the kind of bro hug, like, Half hug, half high yeah. five thing. We know each other. We're in the yeah. we're in the same space. Adam, what's up, bro? He's like, hey, GP, what's going on? I'm like, this is my producer, Darius. And he just put his paws right on Darius. I mean, he just went in for the real thing. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a Brothers hug. Brothers got a hug. And I like Darius's face was he was like, Okay. Okay. You you were fine with Adam it. Adam, I mean, and I are hugging. Yeah, I wasn't offended. I, I was let's go. Was that <laughs> was that the first time you've ever hugged Adam Amin? That was the first time I ever hugged him. Yeah. Because of all the times you hadn't met him before, right? <laughs> but nice guy. It goes without saying. The nicest dude ever. hugging strangers. I don't need to then add. Nicest guy in the whole wide world. I mean, it, Ian Eagle you've met was a good dude. Kevin Harlan you met was a good dude. But I don't think either of them put their paws on you like that. They ain't going for the real thing. That's an Adam Amin special. Was Adam Amin, was it a diagonal airplane style hug? Like you're banking left, like right arm higher than the left arm? When you go in or was he like kind of around the middle? Like How did he hug? I want to say his arms were below Darius's armpits. What? Yeah, yeah, it was it was full embrace. Whoa, that's like it's the best way to hug. That's how I hug my wife. Like that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think he was happy to see Darius. I love it. Uh, Commanders, right now, this moment have the second pick in the NFL draft. Here we go. It's amazing how much everything's gone their way. It really has, man. It doesn't normally work like this. I started looking at. Well, frankly, I started looking at Tankathon and the draft pages about three months ago. Yep. But, you know, the public part of it, where we mm-hmm. start talking about it, you know, it's probably been, I don't know, five, six weeks. Since then, the possibility of them getting the, the number two pick at that moment was probably under 10%. And one thing after another after another has broken their way from Greg Zerline coming up clutch <laughs> from 54 to the Patriots shocking Denver, uh, the Christmas Eve miracle, to the the miracle on, on New Year's Day. I mean, with the New Year's Eve miracle, I guess it was, with the Eagles and the Cardinals. I mean, every single little thing, as unlikely as it could be, hey, if this happens, Washington moves up. If this happens, and now we're at the finish line. And they could still screw it up. They could beat the Cowboys and end their seven-game losing streak, which has been textbook and clinical. Clinical. And perfect. And they could end up picking sixth or seventh 
or a lot of things this weekend that they want and need to happen could work against them, and, and the tiebreakers could mean that they pick third or fourth or something. Like, all of this is possible. But for the moment, they have a 69% chance to pick number two in the draft. So when I started looking, realistically, I'm not even doing a bit, is once they lost to the Giants the second time, because they were four and six after playing pretty well against Seattle on the road. I know they lost the game. They lost two of three against Philly, uh, beat New England on the road, and lost to Seattle. But they, they, were, they were competitive in that game. They played pretty well against a team that's got a shot at going to the postseason. Once they lost to the Giants for the second time, I'm going, all right, what does the future hold? And they were in the low, you know, the, the 12 to 13, maybe 14 range. And to your point, everybody has found a way to do exactly what they need to get to this point. Now, the wizardsy thing to have happen is you get seven out of the 10 ping pong balls or whatever, and then it, it's one of the three that's not Victor Wimbanyama, and then you pick Denny Avdia or something. Like, that's the that's the crap that would just, it's so close to me now, I could taste the fruit, and all of a sudden Atlanta plays well and beats New Orleans or something and, and flips it. But they're right there, a place they never thought they would be, to have that kind of leverage. So let's look at then what would need to happen to help them out this weekend. Everyone's looking at the tiebreaker metrics between them and the Patriots. Very odd because for draft position, unlike playoff positioning, tiebreaker is strength of schedule. It's not head-to-head. So you'd think Washington beating New England means they're a little better than the Patriots and the Patriots would pick above them. But it doesn't work that way. It's all based on the strength of schedule. And for the moment right now, the Patriots have played a very slightly more difficult schedule than Washington. And this has to do with winning percentage of the teams, essentially, that you've played, right? And so, Washington's 515 strength of schedule and New England's 518 strength of schedule, while almost identical, and they can still flip this weekend based on matchups, the higher the number, meaning the harder the schedule, the lower you're going to pick. Because what the tiebreaker's trying to do is reward the worst team. So in other words, if your strength of schedule is 450 and in other teams is 700, they've played a way more difficult schedule. You've lost the same number of games. They might be an actually better team than you. So you would get to pick above them. And that's why right now for the moment, Washington, 4-12, and New England, 4-12, and Arizona, 4-12, and the commanders have had the easiest schedule of the three and have the same record as New England and Arizona that's why they have the tiebreaker. Make sense? Yes. So just to, to kind of further double tap on the point here, Washington, as you said, a 515 opponent strength of schedule. There are teams that are now going to pick much later in the draft. To give you an idea, Atlanta has one of the softest schedules in the world. Their opponent win percentage is 423. Like a staggeringly bad opponent win percentage, and that's kind of buoyed their season and yes. helped them kind of survive when they're actually not particularly good. So – it, the, the range is huge, but as you said, it's now such a small percentage between Washington and New England that they could easily flip based on something totally out of Washington's control. And this is where we get to week 18 then mm-hmm. and what needs to happen for Washington to maintain the number two pick in the draft. The commanders would benefit immensely from a New England win because then you don't have to go to the tiebreakers, which still could work against them. Mm-hmm. We can get into... The, the, the tiebreaker teams that matter and the games that matter this weekend for them and give you your rooting guide in a second. But if Washington loses to Dallas, which they're likely to, and they go 4-13, and, and New England beats the terrible Jets, very possible, by the way, 
Then New England's 5-12, and 12, Washington's 4-13, and 13, and the tiebreaker doesn't matter anymore. By the way, the Patriots are favored to win. Mm-hmm. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Jets at home in Week 18, meaning odds makers think they're going to win, whereas Washington, hosting Dallas, is a 13-and-a-half-point dog. By the way, I saw Aaron Oster post this. He used to work at uh, the Team 980 years and years ago as uh-huh. a producer. He now works out at Circa in Vegas, kind of a buddy of ours um, through radio many, many years ago. That You realize the Commanders are the first team since 2000 to on back-to-back weeks be a 13-point dog or worse in the NFL. The, that's never happened since 2000? Since 2000. <laughs> now, probably just means, honestly. It's bad luck. That playing at home two straight weeks to end the year is really hard. You know, like normally it's home away, home away. But two straight weeks, home game, 13-point dog. It has been 24 years since that has happened in the NFL. Yes, it it takes a lot of, as you said, a perfect storm. Two straight home games, that's eliminating a lot of teams. And also being terrible, that eliminates a lot of teams. Which is kind of the point. And having two squads come in that are really good with something to play for. I'm just trying to acknowledge like how terrible this team's gotten. Yeah, that's kind of the takeaway. they, They have only ever lost eight in a row right at the end of Shanahan when he was lighting fire and kind of tearing down everything he could on his way out the door, knowing he'd lost the battle with Dan Snyder, right? At that point, that was the only time they'd lost eight in a row ever, really, in the modern era. And they could tie that this weekend. I mean, it's hard to do this in today's NFL. But on top of that, there'll be 13-point dogs, or worse, for the second time in as many weeks, which it's it's crazy. But I want to go through kind of your rooting guide next. But just know that for the moment... The expectation is that New England's supposed to win. Washington's supposed to lose. Arizona's tie-breaking metrics are not nearly as close to Washington as New England is. So it would take pretty crazy turn of events for them to leapfrog the commanders in terms of the, the tiebreaker. But in case you're curious, the Cardinals, who are also 4-12, and they play Seattle. They're a three-point underdog. Could be a toss-up type game, but I think the, the Seahawks will beat them. They should still end up behind Washington in the tiebreaker if both those teams are 4-13. and 13. But let's give people their rooting guide next for this weekend and what it looks like for the commanders to maintain the number two pick. We should also get into why that's so important. I think a lot of people just think that it means they definitely take a quarterback, which many of us, I'll just tell you, would argue they should. But it doesn't mean that. I mean, having a top two pick is a big deal and helpful even if they're not going to take a QB. We can get into that next. Grant and Danny on the fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is the fan. We're taking you all the way up to 6.30 tonight. Jay Gruden is going to join us at 6. He just texted. Uh, he's got some obligations at 5. We're doing our Monday chat with him on Tuesday. So let's move him to 6 o'clock. You can listen to Jay, his weekly appointment with us at that time. 4 o'clock is when we're giving away tickets to go see the Wiz and the Pistons. That will be a game everyone in basketball is talking about. Like, stick aside, Seriously. Like, you combine their win total, that group would be second to last place in the, in the Eastern Conference. You know? Like, that, but in all sincerity, like, that, the eyes of the league will be on that one because there's a bunch of young players involved, and it might be a 350-point over-under without any defense being played. We're talking about the commanders currently having the number two pick in the draft. I'm elated about that for a lot of reasons. So, first and foremost, I think they need to draft a quarterback. That's the number one reason I want them in the top two. I would draft a QB. And now you're in Caleb Williams, Drake May territory. There are presumably two top quarterbacks in this class. I'm sure you know each team's going to have their own guy. More of them than not will say Caleb Williams is probably the number one QB. But I'll bet you there were teams, and there are teams, that if they picked first might take Drake May. Uh, there's a lot of time, a lot of evaluating events, combine, what have you, between now and the draft. Totally. A lot's going to change. But picking second has always kind of been the line of demarcation where the expectation is quarterback one, quarterback two, draft starts at three. And here's why it's such a big deal and so huge that Washington's in the top two. If you and I are like-minded and you think they need to draft a high upside potential star, blue chip prospect at quarterback, who is the, the highest upside player they've had at the position in this organization other than Robert Griffin in decades, then you're excited about the possibility of getting Williams or May. That's number one. Number two, if you either think they need to trade back to add as many assets as possible to roster build, or let's just say hypothetically, you don't think that they'll fall in love with one of those quarterbacks, or personally, you don't like either of those two prospects or whatever, that's fine too. Because if you are second overall, as opposed to sixth or seventh, the amount that you can get in a trade back is astronomical. Like the value difference between three and below and the top two in this class. Mm -hmm. If you were to have someone draw a line between picks where the value drops off massively in a trade back, the line would be picks two and three because the quarterbacks are likely to go one and two. And so if a new GM and a new head coach love one of the QBs, you could take them. If they don't, you don't have to, they can use that as a trade chip. But I am in the business and interest right now, Danny, of just trying to have the sweetest pot possible, the the most assets. That's what it is. The best gifts to bestow at the feet of the GM I want, Adam Peters, San Francisco, the head coach I want, Ben Johnson, Detroit Lions, right? And a, a number two overall pick compared to the number six overall pick is a night and day difference when recruiting at GM or head coach. What would you rather have? I could write the number 20 down on a paper and hand you a $20 bill. Who would you rather have? $20 bill. Why? Because we all understand the value of it. We've all bought in. 
right? That's just a piece of paper with some designs on it. It says 20, but we all know that a 20 is a 20. Everybody in this world, in the world of and the NFL, perceives and believes that number two is infinitely more valuable than number six or 12 or 14 or whatever. Those of us on the outside go, uh, haven't you guys noticed that like a lot of these guys that are superstars don't didn't go one or two overall? That doesn't matter. In that room, in the, the sphere of all these guys that think they're invincible and, and they're geniuses, they perceive that number two pick as infinitely more valuable than three, than five, than 12, et cetera. That's why we want it. That's the basic thing. That's the most simple, fundamental way it gives you the best options. That pick, I understand. So many guys get drafted that are busts. Shh, 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 shh. The perception inside football is that that pick is more valuable because it is. I want the value. The most value we could possibly get is that. Whether it is a quarterback, which is what I would do, or new genius GM guy that is to be named, He's like, you know what? You know what we could do? We could trade with the char- with, with the Chargers, go back to six, take Joe Alt, end up with another first-rounder next year because they got the steamies from Marvin Harrison. Whatever you want to do, I want the option to do it. I don't want the not having the option to do it. I want the option to do it. Everyone should want that at all times. So, so then let's look at the rooting guide quickly for this weekend. You, you'll want New England to beat the Jets, obviously. That's the cleanest. But if the Jets beat the Patriots... If the Cardinals lose to the Seahawks and there's a three-way tie at 4-13 and 13 because Washington also lost to Dallas, then we go to the tie-breaking metric and strength of schedule, at which point you're rooting for, most importantly, the New Orleans-Atlanta game. Commanders fans really want the Saints to beat the Falcons. The most damaging thing that would happen this weekend would be Atlanta, who just lost 37-17 to the Bears, and who I'm imagining are going back to Desmond Ritter after benching Taylor Heineke again. You want the Saints to beat Atlanta in that game. If you're curious, by the way, currently the line in that game is New Orleans minus three. So that sets up favorably for Washington in terms of the expectation. Other games that matter. You want the Steelers to beat the Ravens. Baltimore just wrapped up the one seed, has nothing to play for. That all of a sudden very possibly could be a favorable matchup for Washington. You want the Raiders to beat the Broncos. The Raiders are currently favored to win that game. You want the Packers to beat the Bears. I think that's going to be a really difficult, kind of close game. Mm -hmm. Chicago's defense is playing its butt off. Justin Fields is playing well. But Green Bay is a win-and-in situation. Minus three to get into the playoffs. I'd rather be on that side of it. Texans-Colts, you want the Colts to win that game. If you look at the betting line in that AFC South matchup right now, Indianapolis is plus one and a half, basically a pick em. But that is the only of all of the games I just went through where Washington doesn't want the favorite to win. They're in a really good spot, fingers crossed, yes. to land the number two overall. There pick. are a lot of those scenarios, as you said, that come up for the good guys here. And there are some that don't. But the cleanest and easiest thing is let's go Patriots. So let's talk about some of the possibilities if they do get pick number two. Mm-hmm. And we can do that next. We'll open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines. If the commanders are picking second, what would your game plan be? 800-636-1067. We'll dive into that as we continue on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.